Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. Hello everybody, happy Thursday. We are here on another edition of Dental Business Mentors with your dental business mentors, myself, Dr. Paul Hutchison and Dr. Justin Bullar. And we are fielding your questions. Send them in to info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. We are pumped to get into this one. What do we got today from the listeners, Justin? All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to reduce new patient cancellations or no-shows, right? I mean, there's nothing worse than having a full schedule or having someone who's made a commitment and then you show up that day and there's a it's blown out or there's a hole in the schedule. I think that creates a lot of anxiety for a lot of dentists and a lot of frustration. So it's useful for sure. Let's get into it. I feel like I've seen a lot more of this in my practice. Have you seen that as well? Just like recently past like four or five months? Oh, for sure. And I think I, I think people have, especially over the last year, have more of a legitimate excuse not to show up. Yeah, I think that's probably it. And I always wondered, is this online scheduling? Like, what the heck is it? But you know, like one thing before we go into how to do this, because this is something that we've actually implemented in my practice and it's made a big difference. And it's, that's why I just mentioned it's, it's a fairly recent thing for us to kind of pivot on and alter is that I express this to my team and I tell them, Hey, why are new patient no shows bad? And your team's going to say, because it leaves a hole in our schedule and we're sitting here doing nothing. But I want you to kind of rephrase that because there are people that wait. When is the next new patient visit in your practice? It might be six weeks out. It might be a month out. There are people that want to come in today and we have somebody that doesn't show up that holds a spot and keeps somebody from getting treatment that wants to get treatment. So it is a disservice to our patients to have new patient no-shows. Now, I had a coaching client ask me, you know, what do you think about us collecting a deposit when we do a new patient? Now, I think that would make them show up, but I almost think that you would probably create another barrier to even getting a new patient in. So I don't recommend doing that, but this is what we've been doing in my practice and this has been working pretty well. Now, the first place that you want to start with new patient no-shows is you want to wow them on the phone. You want to create value on the phone. You want to make sure that you're selling the office, selling the providers. Like you are going to love it here. You called the right place. We are going to take such great care of you. Those kind of things. Build up the office when you're talking on the phone. That happens with your front desk when they take that new patient phone call. Now, the next part is the follow-up. We need to have follow-up with the patient before the new patient comes in. And where way we do that is we reach out to them to see if they have any questions. We reach out to them to make sure that we've got all our forms. We, I mean, we're going to make sure we got the insurance information, all the stuff like that. And if we want to even go another step further, we can have the doctor either text or the doctor make a phone call. And you can use one of those things like slide dial that goes right to voicemail. But anything to differentiate you and begin starting that relationship so that they show up. Now, another thing you might want to look at, too, is your text notifications. When are those going out? We like to send them out two weeks before. We like to send them out, I believe, a day before in the morning of and then two hours before. So maybe that's redundant. I don't know. I don't even care. It gets them to show up. All I want them to do is to show up. So our big things is, you know, some people have new patient coordinators. Some people don't have large enough offices where they can devote someone to just filling the schedule. 
But it is important to have some level and some systemized way of following up and reaching out to the patients as it gets closer to the appointment. Now, I'll tell you another thing that we do when we don't have a confirmation, when we don't have the new patient forms and we're getting three days within the appointment, we will send out a text that says urgent response required. We need to know, essentially, I don't know what the exact verbiage is, but we need to know if you're coming. And if you, we do not hear from you, you, we will give your appointment to someone else. And I, it's, it's verbalized a very nice way, but we lead with urgent response required because we've found, and we've done the data on this, we've actually saw when we don't have somebody confirmed on our schedule, their chances of showing up are about one in five. So we just say, you know what, we're going to wipe you off the schedule. And fortunately for us, because people still do show up after we wipe them off the schedule, what do we do? Well, we just figure it out, you know? Sometimes we have to reschedule them, but for the most time, we can usually absorb somebody into our schedule. The assistant can take the x-rays. We just figure it out. I mean, we've got a, a bigger practice, so we've got that luxury where we can kind of absorb it. But for a smaller practice, maybe it's a little bit more difficult. But I'm telling you that the people that we reach out to, we tell them we're wiping them off the schedule, and they actually show up. It is an outlier. It is not somebody I want to create a policy for because it does not happen a lot. So that's my kind of thing for the new patient no-shows is just establishing and, you know, giving a good first impression and then continually just kind of reaching out and establishing any relationship you can. I know there's a lot of people that make these new patient packets that they will mail out to new patients. We've thought about doing it, but that's one of those things that, yeah, we've thought about doing it. We haven't taken the time to do it. I wouldn't mind doing it, but it takes time to create that. And uh, I'm busy just like everybody else. So that's something that I haven't really felt the need to do at my practice yet. But who knows? Maybe one day we will. What, what do you think about the, all that, Justin? Yeah, I, I think you touched on all the right points, right? We've touched on promotion of the practice and making sure the patient knows that they have called the right place. We've set expectations for the appointment. We've tried to get them in as soon as possible, right? Like not a month out or whatever else. I mean, we're trying to get them in as soon as possible. I find that no-shows cancellations for new patients goes up because it comes back down to this instant gratification thing. Like they called because they want a new patient appointment today, real soon, right? When you say, oh, our next available appointment is, sometimes out of obligation, people just book because it's hard to say, you know, I'm going to call somewhere else. And so they'll make an appointment. Three weeks goes by, they talk to their husband or their wife or they grow impatient or maybe the problem was something where there was some minor sensitivity got worse and they call someone else. Just go to the next place with the next best Google reviews. And so my thing on new patients is we should have them in ideally in a week or less. You know, and if you don't have that, a lot of people say, well, that's impossible at my practice. And because I got all this, well, you only have two options, increase capacity or figure out a way to expand. Because even though, sure, you can't get them in and maybe you're not concerned because your overall revenue is fine. You're not concerned about this because you got enough new patients overall and you don't have a lot of short notice cancellations. But at the end of the day, you're not growing as quickly as you could be if you could get them in faster. That's one thing there. The packages that you mentioned, Paul, I agree. Those are useful, and but they have to be done right. And you also have to be cognizant of, of overall per unit cost and things of that nature. We won't get into them, but I would suggest that people try that. If you're the type of office that sees, let's say, you know, 150 new patients a month, it's 80% bread and butter dentistry, that kind of thing. Well, you're playing a volume-based game now, and reality is you're going to get more cancellations, right? You're just going to, it's going to happen. It's It's a numbers thing. But if you're like the practice that does only hybrids or you're only doing cosmetic dentistry or something of that nature, and you're more of a niche-based practice, maybe you only get 
15 or 20 new patients. I would go all out with those patients because you have high ticket items, right? So you want them to understand why they're about to show up and pay for a five course meal versus a happy meal. So I think it's important to, to do that and take the time to create that packaging so it's it's branded appropriately, et cetera. So I'd suggest you do that for sure. Paul, you touched on all the right points. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna elaborate much more on that. I think it's comes down to just being consistent with all the stuff you listed. What do you have against Happy Meals? Oh, I love Happy Meals. The cheeseburgers are great. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Happy Meal kind of guy. I would not be at a five-star restaurant. <laughs> do you know there's like groups that are like very against the Happy Meal toy? Like they just like they they just fill in landfills. They're like they're so worthless. Nobody keeps them, and it's like there's like actually like there's like large organizations that are very against like McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, like I'll probably be at McDonald's maybe once or twice in a year, right? Like not very common. It's not my fast food chain restaurant of choice, right? If I was going to eat a burger, I'd rather go to like Five Guys or In and Out or something like that. But Do you guys have White Castles out there? No, no, White Castles okay too. <laughs> I like White Castles because I just like to eat a lot of something. I only eat 10 of something. I like that. Idea. That's why the McDonald's cheeseburgers are a good go-to. They're small. They're small enough that you have a few of those. But you know what, guys? Nothing wrong with Happy Meals. Uh, I'm not suggesting that you know, because you see volume-based patients that it's a Happy Meal. I'm just saying there's going to be more people that go to McDonald's than they, that go to a five-star restaurant. That's yes. just facts. Absolutely. So that's just the way it's going to go. A five-star restaurant's not going to mess up the order as often as maybe McDonald's because when they charge you 150 bucks for that thing or 100 bucks for whatever you're paying for, it's highly likely you're going to get what you asked for. Yeah, so true, man. All right, send us in your questions, info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. And don't forget to sign up and subscribe to dentalbusinessmentor.com if you want to learn more more videos on everything start to finish, how to run your practice, how to get case acceptance, how to train your team, lots of videos for the team on there. So go and check that out and we will talk to you next time.